When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, viewer. Editor Jace here to thank you for watching this episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. If you enjoy this show and would like to support it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Mind Sculptors or just leave a like and comment as an offering for Algorithm Jesus. So this last weekend was the the chaos tournament for me, and I was saying how much people were commenting on and being like on on Twitter and stuff, saying like, oh well, like yeah, Grixis is getting so much hate lately, like blah blah blah, like I'm having trouble playing it. Like I didn't really experience that problem as much, and I was like, it could be a limited sample size, or it could be the fact that you know my list is 20 cards different than a lot of the other Tavesh Prom lists that were out there. Right. And, the, a lot of those choices just being mid-range pieces, right? Like definitely taking out, like I'm not on Necropotence line. That was on City of Trader. Is a you know, I was on Countertop. You know, like <laughs> yeah. So it, it uh, I was like, you know, I didn't really experience a ton of that uh, personally. And I was like, I was just playing responsible. I, I played my Grom. I passed the turn. You know what I mean? Then I mm-hmm. got to the point where I need to play Tevesh. I would also play Tevesh and pass my turn. Right? Like that's that's uh. And I was, it's just very interesting that the the pivot to just playing a few more like mid range pieces just like prevents those blowouts as much. You know, you can still play twenty seven lands, which I did with my two five mana commanders, and it wasn't a problem. Right? Yeah, I guess one game was, but Mystic Reflection is hot. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that one's permanent. I I didn't really see it more than once, and by that time I was already winning the game, so it was like yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard with cards like that where it's just mm-hmm. like if you don't see it enough. Yeah. Yeah. then you just kind of are like oh this card's not very good but then yeah. if you see it the right amount it's like great yeah um no i really like this list it reminds me of like tevit or like tivit if tivit had red instead of white honestly kind of yeah it's like literally yeah i don't know it's just it, but it's nice because like I don't have to worry about having to talk to the table being like i don't have a time see if it's not a combo piece you know what i mean like it's just yeah, I can just be like, no, I'm, I'm the like Grom draws cards. That's right. literally all I'm doing. Right? Like, Tavesh yeah. is a little more nuanced conversation, but that's why I like 95% of the time will just lead Grom because I don't want to have to like get into it with people. Yeah. <laughs> but the nuances of how my deck plays. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely perf- think Grom is like the better commander here, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Tavesh yeah, is yeah. very much like, an okay one color mm-hmm. commander that gives you yeah. colors right well so like um, the, the like debate of like timna versus tevesh has like been had on for a long time right like obviously mm-hmm. losing white's pretty huge white's very strong right but like for me a lot of the stuff i really like doing tevesh gets to do which is like it's an infinite man outlet right so you can do Hullbreaker horror stuff um and it does kitten stuff and like kitten is literally one of my favorite magic cards of all time so uh a commander that is an outlet for that is like something i'm gonna enjoy for sure yeah 
no, this is this is really sick. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How how did uh you ended up finishing first in the Swiss, right? Yeah. So first place in the Swiss, and then lost in top sixteen to, uh, uh just a, a disappointing sequence of events. I, I will leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Which is frustrating, but you know, hey, yeah. you, you another top sixteen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll take it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's I. I'm kind of at a point now where there are enough in-person tournaments. Yeah. Even if they're smaller, mm-hmm. to where I'm just like, kind of done playing online events. Mm. Uh, I don't I actually love online events. I, I, I though I'm like weirdly in the minority with that one. But for me, like the idea that I can be in my pajamas, I can mm-hmm. sit down, I can be comfortable in my own home, and if my match ends in ten minutes, I can go like hang out with my girlfriend for an hour like that's sick right like especially if you're like at the point where like for example i went 3-0 for a five round tournament right i'm not gonna play those last two rounds i'm just gonna draw into the top 16 right which it got me first seat right so like in an in-person tournament i would have to you know be hanging out for yeah like uh three hours just sitting there twiddling my thumbs in person while other people play magic right well that's what i end up doing because my wife when (laughs) I do it. She's just like, cool, I'm going to go fuck off and yeah. go do something on this Saturday. And I'm like, all right, cool. And yeah. the other thing for me is, is like being a full-time editor uh, is I spend so much time in this fucking office mm-hmm. to where I'm insane. I, I, I don't like if I, if I can spend time not in my office, I also sure, just sure. don't leave my house ever. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, you know, I, I like in-person events because it's like i mean i also just prefer mm. playing in person yeah well that that part's uh, always like, true right like yeah games is um but from like a the tournament perspective of it it's just like a better all-around experience i feel like for me too because mm. it's just like you know if i i lose really quick cool i'll just go in the corner and play on my phone which <laughs> is what i'm gonna do here but and yeah. i i just you know uh but uh yeah, I've been I, I've been excited. I know Columbus is is coming up, so I've been mm-hmm. trying to practice a bit for Columbus. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I'm gonna take to Columbus yet. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing around with some different things, but uh, mm-hmm. interested to see what really jumps out at me. Yeah. Today we brewed uh, an interesting deck. Yeah. So uh, I think this this came up in our our set review. I, I want to yeah. say right where we were yeah. both like, "Hey, we should we should build Kumena." That seems kind of yeah. Fun. So specifically in uh, our set review, we were talking about this card right here, Deep Root yeah. Pilgrimage, and uh, we were kind of talking about that it changes the game for mm-hmm. uh, Merfolk strategies mm-hmm. in a very sizable way in a variety of formats right um and so like i you know we wanted to brew it see what we could do with it Mm -hmm. um so before we get too deep into that Mm -hmm. uh i do want to take a few moments uh to make sure that we shout out our patreon uh and Make sure we remind people that if you would like to see us brew a specific deck, you can go to our Patreon and join up at the, I believe it's what, the $10 tier. 
and yeah, yeah. Uh, we will be doing with every new set. Uh, there were going to be new commanders from that set. You'll get to pick uh, and vote on what commander you think we should brew for is, each is month's brewer's standard, choice. Standard What'd you legal, say? Standard legal sets. Um, the, the definition of what a set is, is expanded over the years. Whenever we do whatever, we will provide parameters for you more clearly whenever the vote comes around. Yeah. yeah. But you will get to vote on what we do. It'll be from whatever the most recent set is that we're doing. So if it's like, you know, if Marvel is the most recent set review or whatever, we'll do Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So whatever I think the most recent set review. Uh, But this episode we did kind of uh as a little bit of a pilot like re like bringing the uh format of brewer's choice back we did Mm -hmm. one last week where it was a live brew and this one we went out and did a uh not a live brew we did a brew over the weekend and we're just gonna talk about our experience building the deck uh, so right off the bat, we are talking about Kumena, Tyrant of Oraska. Mm-hmm. You're unfamiliar with Kumena. Kumena is a merfolk shaman that is a 2-4 that costs one generic, a green, and a blue. It has three different activated abilities. The first one is tap another untapped merfolk you control. Kumena can't be blocked this turn. The second is tap three untapped merfolk you control, draw a card. And the last one is tap five untapped merfolk you control, put a plus one plus one counter on each merfolk you control. So, as you could imagine, that immediately with uh, Deep Root Pilgrimage Mm -hmm. was a pretty like big, like there's a lot of synergies there. So... When you were brewing this car or this deck, right? Yeah. What'd you say? It's pilgrimage. Um, you know, uh, when you were brewing this, uh, what yeah. was kind of your experience overall? Just kind of like the general yeah. idea going in before we start getting into the nitty gritty of the deck. Yeah. So as, as Cal's DMs can attest, uh, <laughs> I, I was all over the place with this deck. I built yeah. like a mid range version of it. And it just bored the ever living crap out of me. And I was like, okay, this is kind of your list, but like three cards different. And I was like, I'm not enjoying it. And I was like, not, but it was more than three cards different, but like it was, it was similar enough. Uh, we were doing the, the same general thing. We were doing the same general thing. And, and, you know, that list I know gave you a couple ideas, which was great. And I was like, cool. So I, some of my, some of my innovations from that variant, Cal can enjoy those. I'm going to jump off ship and like try and do some other stuff. So then, <laughs> uh my other thought was treasure diving yeah exactly (laughs) uh i was like i had a lot of artifacts in my my mid-range build and i was like okay like maybe what if we take out all the artifacts because i don't want to just be feeding oops for no reason um and i was like take out the ice crown scepter wind lines let's try a stacks version right um and that's that's eventually where i landed uh is and, and calling it a stacks version is a little like a little liberal with the definition of stacks but we we'll come back to that um, and I didn't like that at first because I didn't like sort of make the choices that I made in my current build. Um, and then I last night I was I was cooking. I was really you really were. I had this whole deck 
that was it, and we can we can throw it in the description of this video so we're not robbing people of it but like yeah. it was basically like build your own boluses citadel with yeah. the, the realm walker and the other merfolk that allows you to cast merfolk off the top it's running like 25 lands with the Inferexian altars, so you like play the Merfolks, tap them to draw cards, and then sack all of them, so you get the mana back, and then you play more. And it just it did not work. At all. <laughs> uh, like so, it in the sense this that is... it, did not, it did not work at all in the sense that like it was not consistent, right? Like I will still goldfish this deck and have fun with it, but it goes off like turn five. <laughs> like it yeah, is not... and it, 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 this is one of the things where it's to to kind of. One of the struggles I had with the deck is when you're building it, you don't, you, you, because it specifies Merfolk, Mm -hmm. you really have to, in ways that other decks don't, right? Uh, It really pigeonholes you. Yeah, yeah. And so you don't play as many of the other, there's lots of good Merfolk, don't get me wrong. Yeah, Yeah. But, you don't get to play maybe nearly the same amount of right. other good cards. Yeah. And so uh, you have to also have a, uh, with this deck, no matter how you build it, you need mm-hmm. to have a critical mass yeah. of merfolk in order right. for it to work. Right. Uh, which is something that is very unique to this. Mm-hmm. I actually I- felt like this was a deck that reminded me a lot of like if, Kinnon went wide and tall sure sure Uh, i also uh did the uh, that actually your your statement there reminded me because your pigeonhole to merfolk there was one point when i was in full cook mode last night where uh i i was actually going to build a version of this deck that ran uh the Maskwood Nexus Arcane Adaptation and Xenograft, and that was not going to play like more than three actual Merfolk in the list, and it was <laughs> going to be all of the type changers. Um, and the the only reason I didn't commit to that w- version of the deck, which I think could have been at least an interesting thought experiment, uh, was basically the idea that there wasn't enough consistency with tutoring those pieces out yep. of your library, especially because two of them are enchantments. Like Maskwood Nexus is a four man artifact. So you can, like can get there. You you're can you're in blue. It it's not that right. hard to get it out. Right? It's not, but it is the consistency of getting it and then getting it efficiently early and then having a game plan online that converts, you know, like when, yeah. when you get to the point where that's okay to convert into. And then if that gets countered, like, well, in a in, lot in, of if and buts, the other uh, tension with that too is, is yeah. Kumena is a deck at its base level that so no matter what creature type it is going to want it does need to have a high density of creatures in order to function right and so if you so so that's its baseline then if you decide you want to go into this maskwood nexus kind of Mm -hmm. route you're now eating into the The other pieces of the deck because Mm -hmm. you can't take away from the creatures right right exactly so, yeah, a couple of flaws. I mean, I think that there are smart brewers who could go in and make a functional version of that, mm-hmm. right? It just, I don't think it would be as consistent as one would like it to be. Yeah. I also think that the, I, I, I want to highlight this commander because I think there's a lot of potential with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a commander that has been around for a while. And I think a lot of people have mm-hmm. tried their hand at. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, perhaps ours aren't the builds right mm-hmm. but i think yeah. that now there is enough tools 
yeah. where you can justify building this and working mm-hmm. on this in a yeah. like committed Absolutely. fashion. I, I, and genuinely, I think the thing that like really excites me about this deck in particular, and, and it's one of the things I'm, I'm playing in my list, is the combination of specifically Deep Root Pilgrimage and Earthcraft. Yeah. Because... Uh, to me, that feels like you can do something kind of busted, although it does say non-token, so it's not like you can just like keep going off with right. the Earthcraft thing, but like it's it is specifically this ability to from deep so deep deep root pilgrimage is not squirrel's nest, right? It's not broken with right. with all this stuff. But I don't know, there's just like a lot of potential with Kumena and with Earthcraft and stuff like that where I'm just like, oh, there's like so many busted things you can do with there it. There is. Like, and that's yeah. the thing, is the other <laughs> thing too is there's so many different things that you can do because of the third ability with the Mm -hmm. counters where you know depending on the situation like something i i didn't include but i kind of wish i had in retrospect is paradise mantle and because you i think the scepter package in this is one of the most like interesting things in the deck and Mm. it's my pick for like the the coolest scepter deck if that mm-hmm. makes sense it, mm-hmm. it definitely it's like if you've ever wanted to play dramatic scepter and do it in style this yeah. is how you do it <laughs> um sure sure but let's let's take a look at this deck let's start off with yours mm-hmm. and let's look at your creatures here mm-hmm. and so you're running here pretty early you are on it looks like pretty much every mana dork you can be uh yeah it's most of the good ones right i'm not like arbor elf or boreal druid or anything like sure. that um also so uh as i mentioned like the idea for this specific variant was to be a little stacksier right mm-hmm. so um because of that i'm i'm playing like actual lords in my list yeah uh, which i know is like of, of all the lists i made this is the only one that did that um and it's specifically because like <clears throat> if you're going to like be slowing down the game be tempoing things out um Sometimes it just makes sense to play an on tempo like Merfolk and just just turn them sideways, right? Yeah. And the idea was especially with like cards like Oof and Back to Basics and stuff like that. Like there there is definitely points in the game where it is just smart to just start murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is it, there. The other thing that I think uh, is important to highlight with this too is this deck gets to take advantage of untapped like creature or like untap all your creature uh mm-hmm. cards in ways yeah. that other decks just don't yeah for sure for sure yeah i'm actually like now now i'm curious to see like what happens if i in, even just like working on this variant of the deck but like take the lords out and put a few more tempo merfolk in here i don't know like this this list i like the lords a lot especially so yeah. you have you know the island walk stuff mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, uh, if I were going to, the only adjustment I would make to this is mm-hmm. I think like, uh, I forget what the card is, but there's one where whenever it attacks, you can make uh, turn a land into an island. Um, yeah. And I think giving like, just like pointing around the table and making sure everybody gets an island so that yeah. you can always get around is like, maybe good, maybe yeah. not. Um this is like a very uh true to like this definitely is a deck that looks like merfolk in mm-hmm. other formats. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I think this is the closest to like legacy merfolk you're ever going to get in CDH for sure. Yeah. Um, what are your like big shout out cards in this list? Okay. Yeah. So the, the cards that are highly impactful are obviously deeper pilgrimage, which is like, we talked about that. Um, uh, one that I know both of our decks share is, uh, Unctus, right? Unctus mm-hmm. is like very, very strong in this deck because if you ever get a Kiora's follower, it's just a two card. It's game over. <laughs> right. The two card, uh, loot your entire deck combo. Right. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, like if you have like three Merfolk out with Kumena, you can like, okay, yeah, I'm going to tap three to draw uh draw a card, and then you can stack the sugar. So you're like, yeah, loot, 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 draw. And then it's like, okay, like that's uh that starts to be a real amount of card advantage and card selection as as time goes on, right? So Unctus is obviously super strong. Uh I have Fallow Sage in my list, which is literally whenever it becomes tapped, you draw a card. Um so, you know, the curve of like Kumena, Fallow Sage just becomes like every turn draw a card at minimum because uh, you can tap it for the Kumena's first ability. But then as soon as you get a third Merfolk, then suddenly you are drawing two cards because you're tapping yeah. three to draw a card. Fallow Sage just triggers and then draws a card. Um, and then that doesn't even include what happens if you get your uh, Merc Fiend Liege or your Seaborn Muse out. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I think uh, one of the one of the secret MVPs I think of the deck is actually Drowner Initiate. Um, it's just it's in the one drop slot. It's it's one of these one drop one one Merfolk, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it looks like nothing, but I feel like this card is gonna get people so often because it says whenever a player plays a blue spell, you can pay one and make someone mill two, right? So like any top deck tutor, as soon as this is out, is invalid. It does not matter because like your opponent can cast a counter spell. You're like, all right, also mill their tutor. Like any 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 of that nonsense. And I just feel like also as soon as you get to like that late game, it becomes an actual like win con. Right. <laughs> um, same thing with Grimoire Thief is another one where you tap, you exile the top three from your opponent's card deck. Um, but Grimoire Thief also is like really good in a multiplayer format, right? Because you are then exiling a bunch of cards from players' libraries and like say you mill over a force of will from player a's deck some player b goes to cast a force will protect their combo you sack the grimoire thief and boom you counter their spell um the fact that it exiles this is the most uh the least uh good webcam card i've ever seen holy shit this actually would be a nightmare to play on webcam oh yeah this is one you cannot play over webcam for sure um Yeah, that's it's it's kind of cringe. <laughs> that actually um, gives me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I think the core of of this variant of the deck can really be described in the enchantments, um, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So if you look, there's the core of like counterbalance, earthcraft, arcane laboratory, back to basics, and intruder alarm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so that is a, a wide variety of like what this deck is trying to do but all of it at the same time right, right. so back to basics and counterbalance obviously slowing the game down back to basics in earthcraft meaning we're playing a lot of basic lands in this deck and a lot of ways to get those basic lands um mm-hmm. arcane lab should tell you a little bit about what i'm trying to do here right it is right. this is a hundred percent a tempo deck right the longer the game gets drawn out Kumena does not care about casting spells. Kumena cares about maybe one Merfolk being cast per rotation, right? You are just trying to boop, tap, draw a card. All right, done. Hey, we're good. Pass the turn, right? And if I have a Seaborn Muse out, yeah, I'll have some mana. That might might be necessary for some counter spells. If not, boop, tap my Merfolk, draw a card, pass turn. The other thing right? that's like, important to note, though, is like there are multiple Merfolk that let you tap Merfolk or sacrifice Merfolk in counter spells. And it's mm-hmm. just like... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Like merfolk really just don't need to cast spells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very wild. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Damping Sphere and Arcane Lab, which is like the two null rod or the two rule of laws you get in these colors. Um, the other one is like Mana Maze, but Mana Maze is actually really easy for like very aggressive decks to take, uh, advantage, be able of. To take advantage of. Right. Um, so I'd rather not. <laughs> uh, We're also playing Quest for Renewal, which uh, is a card that. Uh, I think most people would look at and be like, what's this got to do? But uh, remember, yeah, yeah, our our deck taps a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that card gets turned on in two rotations of the table every time. Not even like, yeah, (laughs) it it could be even faster. Like, it it does not take it very long. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, like, like, so it it is this mix here of like, yeah, and and I'm also like playing counter spells too, right? Like, so I'm not just like, messing around and just like not doing anything now a, a big thing with this list is um like how do you deal with bow masters i feel like is like a big question for this deck sure. right so i do kind of have that answered in the creature base uh not like answered to the point where i'm like i'm totally fine and nothing could go wrong but like uh i'm not kira. running yeah so i'm running at kira and actually copala copala was added specifically as a way to deal with these things and gives basically all your uh all your merfolks ward too mm-hmm. um or not even award because it's not a trigger. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't it cost two more. Coppola yeah. doesn't uh, do uh, hit. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Bowmasters, unfortunately. Abilities your opponents, opponents activate. Uh, oh no! Yeah. this is good. It's still good, but it's uh, it's not Kira. Kira is very good. Okay, Coppola is going away now. <laughs> I'm making the switch live. We're doing it live, everybody. Oh no! Good call, Cal. All right, we're putting uh Sylvian in. Sure, it gives Ellie Merfolk Ward one. Same thing, same conversation, and also can draw cards. Which card is this? Uh, Sylvian of Sea and Sky, the god. Yeah, that 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 absolutely should be in. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't in because Copala took the slot, but apparently I I can't read, and now Cal wins. (laughs) So congratulations. Uh. So point is, I have answers for Bowmasters. Yeah. <laughs> also, the Lords are technically answers for Bowmasters in, in a sense as well, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is the other thing that I don't think a lot of people think like would realize is that because of the Lords and because like the like there are just so many Lords for Merfolk too that yeah. the the combination of them is a just a lot of power on your mm-hmm. side of the board. And you also have like Merc Fiend Liege too, which is a Lord. So it's just like, and it untaps all your shit. So yeah. it's just like, you have a lot of ways of just being like, okay, yeah, whatever to yeah. a, uh, you know, bow masters or things like that. Yeah. I do like the idea of like Merc Fiend Liege smork your opponents by like killing one of them in combat and then being like, and now I untap to draw some cards. Yep. <laughs> it definitely like the, the, sh- sh- uh, Seedborn Muse, Merkfiend Liege, all those untap uh, sort of cards really make the deck. It it kind of fixes the I want to go aggro and also tap problem because you yeah. can just not feel bad about going in and then, you know, going sideways to kill somebody right. and then untapping. I think that's a huge thing. 
yeah, uh, I, that's that's kind of the conceit of the deck for sure. Is definitely that that idea that like we can we can merc people and then also still just do our drawn cards things and stuff like that. And also, if the board state gets gummed up, we're like, sure, we'll tap, add some counters to our stuff, and pass. One card that I'd really like to highlight as mm-hmm. a card that I think is actually just generically good and might be worth looking at more often is Merfolk Trickster. Um, this is. Oh, yeah. a- card that i actually the more that i've goldfished with this the more i was like is this actually worth maybe considering in like other decks because it's like the the the, thing that i think people miss with this is you in your head it's just like oh it just taps it down right Mm -hmm. but it also Mm -hmm. does the tide binder thing where it also strips it of abilities Mm -hmm. and Mm-hmm. Like, let's say they're, you know, this is a really good answer against Winotas. It's a really good cancer answer answer. I mean, this is, that is cancer, but a uh, good answer to like kin index kin mm-hmm. index are going off. Hey, I'm going to tap down your kin and now it loses all of its abilities. Now yeah. your mana rocks are just normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really good like uh, use cases of. Mm-hmm that card and mm-hmm. i think that this is a card that's like maybe better than most people think yeah um, i think it's pretty decent i think like the idea of being like okay you know wheel on the stack make your bowmasters invalid like yeah yeah the, the other thing too uh with that is i also think kira is uh pretty good also like i think yeah, maybe I like, like najila lists could use kira in a pretty impactful way um but they're they're just like cards in here where I'm like, hey, these are good with Merfolk, but they also could just be generically good cards. Mm-hmm. I also can see like I, I feel like Lull Mage Mentor is maybe a little underplayed in general too. Like yeah. I know it's like a little Merfolk specific, but the idea of like we we play a lot of counter spells. I don't know, like free bodies every time that happens is not bad, but three man investment, including double blue pip, is is also genuine a real cost so if they if it, if it was like a timna deck i could see that like a really grindy timna deck yeah, like this actually really feels like something deck. yeah <laughs> absolutely um, absolutely so let's hop over to nope did not mean to do that uh let's hop over to my list here yeah and take a look at mine mine is not doing what you were doing uh <laughs> although i liked a lot of what you're doing and i may steal from it a little bit um <laughs> I am doing much more of a it's sort of like a, a build your own Kinnon deck almost. Mm-hmm, so the idea mm-hmm. with this is you're going to be playing big top end cards that are payoffs for what you're doing with Kumena because you're going to be able to draw a lot of cards. You're going to be able to make a lot of mana because of stuff like down here in mm-hmm. the uh the, that's the other thing I th- think is important with mine is I'm playing Agatha Soul Cauldron because yeah. one of the things that this deck does really well is it's a lot of one one counters on stuff, right? Uh, and so you can take advantage of Soul Cauldron in a really unique mm-hmm. way. Uh, also, taking advantage of Springleaf Drum, where you are going to be tapping Merfolk to make mana, and yeah. oh hey, also mm-hmm. deeper pilgrimage that makes me one ones. That's neat. Um, Oh my god! I just realized that with <laughs> okay, you can you can put counters on your entire board, and if you have like a curse catcher in your graveyard, then suddenly every single one of your 
creatures is a four spike, right? Like, yeah, that's actually kind of insane. <laughs> I don't know that I have curse catcher in mind. Or yeah, I do. Yeah, I you do. do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought I did. Um, it also all of your creatures become miscolors and yeah. cannons and you know like thrasioses and yeah so on and so forth like yeah it, it's just like soul cauldron in this is really really good um yep. all about it so uh my big two payoff cards are hallbreaker horror and tashana uh i actually am kind of starting to think that the the build that i'm more of a fan of is probably somewhere in between your deck and mine mm-hmm. um because i think that uh what you're doing is very much in line with like what the deck wants to do in or mm-hmm. what the commander kind of wants to do in general. Sure. Um, but I also think that having like big payoff spells mm-hmm. definitely help push it over the top. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, um, I don't know that I get to Shauna specifically in the deck, if I'm being honest. So, okay. So you're making a ton of creatures, right? Yeah. So it enters the battlefield and you draw a card for each creature you control. It's also power mm-hmm. and toughness is equal to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to just draw it like it's a big it's a effectively like a uh, like uh, what's the card um, peer into the abyss or Nas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's mm-hmm. just a huge it's a big draw spell. Hullbreaker gotcha. horror is definitely the like win condition. Right. 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 Tishana is the big like draw spell. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I have a ton of mana, I have a ton of like creatures. I'm gonna go yeah. draw like 15, 20 cards. You really think you're gonna draw that many? Uh I mean, I was consistently drawing like 12 cards with it last mm-hmm. night when I was gold fishing. So yeah. um, especially once you get like deep root waters out, you just like sure, sure. kind of spit creatures onto the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was kind of my experience with it. I I don't know how happy I am with the list overall. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting. Mine is really leaning into uh, the Isochron Scepter stuff. Uh, So Mm -hmm. mine has multiple ways of accessing uh, Isochron Scepter. So you have War of Invention. Mm -hmm. uh, You have. Uh, transmute artifacts you know multiple yeah. ways to consistently get that card mm-hmm. down also uh, worth noting sigil tracer is in the deck as well yes sigil tracer is yeah there you go is another payoff for dramatic mm-hmm. reversal yeah um so it, it's one of those things where i think that the kind of dramatic scepter thing is very good i don't know if it's maybe the best thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh but there's a lot of outlets for it which is Mm -hmm. why i like it specifically yeah yeah. um and so going with that i was like okay so we have thrasios as an outlet we have kinnon as an outlet and we have our commander as an outlet Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. there's just oh we also have unctus as an outlet right so it's just like there are multiple outlets for dramatic scepter in the deck uh, so it felt very like worth playing yeah yeah absolutely uh some of my like more niche cards that i was a big fan of was mm-hmm. uh benthic biomancer uh you are putting one one counters on things pretty consistently mm-hmm. and yeah so like every time you like t- 
tap five, put a counter on. It's like just passively drawing cards on top mm-hmm. of that. So uh, I don't know if it's the best, but it definitely yeah, like definitely couldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah I, it felt like free value almost. Mm-hmm. Like it almost to me, yeah. like it feels like it feels like a training grounds role almost. Mm. Where it's like an extra card when you activate instead of just sure. one. Yeah. So in instead well, it of like work with the draw ability, it only works with the counter ability. No, yeah. So that's what I'm saying though, is it's like mm. so you get that and the card instead of just the power. Yeah. So you don't have to sit there and go, do I want the power or do I want the power or do I want the cards? You just go, Yeah, I would like both, please. Mm-hmm. Um absolutely. So that is kind of my overall look at the list. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts kind of generally on how we came through this? Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting, right? So you can see like the deviations of like, okay, there's this mid-range variant, right? That is is trying to just do the scepter stuff as cleanly as possible. If I'm being honest, like one of the first things I'm thinking about post working on this is like, I think sigil tracer is probably just underplayed yes uh, like the idea that you can isochron scepter combo while technically being under a rule of law or like through a ristic study and stuff like that like i'm like hmm now the downside is you need another wizard right with this deck there's so many incidental wizards it's it's trivial it's bizarre um, how many merfolk are wizards actually yeah it's just a thing i think because they're all blue right they're yeah all- they're all just wizards um but yeah no i think that's it's it's definitely an interesting sort of thought process to go down and i like uh this because it once again it's one of these scenarios where because we're working in lower colors because we're we're limited to what the function can be in these archetypes we're forced to sort of take steps outside of that normal thought pattern right and because Mm -hmm. of that i feel like we have the luxury of being able to discover something that we didn't discover right um now i i guess we didn't really talk about uh in in the other list and, and i think it's in both of our lists is the intruder alarm and uh deep root pilgrimage combo right yeah um, that I think uh, it's talk. intruder alarm was the first card that i saw in this list and was yeah. immediately like i don't know how you play this deck without intruder alarm like yeah yeah like intruder alarm just with, like if you get that and deep root pilgrimage the game is mm-hmm. now officially over right right so for for those who don't know if you have i think you have one merfolk plus kumena i think that should just win um because it's it, 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 yeah okay so yeah it's just because you trigger. you tap yeah, it yeah. it makes a creature makes a deeper uh, pilgrimage which trigger, triggers right? intruder yeah. alarm now you can mm-hmm. now you have three now you can draw a card trigger untap trigger untap so you just have right. those two cards mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. goes off so, so to be clear, um, with that sequencing, what you actually need to do is, uh, so you you make because deeper pilgrimage says whenever one or more creatures are tapped, you make a one one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, say you have Kumena and one other Merfolk, right? It needs you to go, be a okay, non-token Merfolk, which is important. Non-token Merfolk, yep. So you go, I, I'm gonna tap, I'm gonna make a one one. There's gonna be a deeper pilgrimage trigger on the stack. Um, that will resolve. It'll untap everything. Um. Actually, no, there's no sequencing thing. Yeah, because yeah. it'll just untap it then. Yeah, yeah. It and just untaps three, everything. You draw your card, right? It untaps everything, and then you you go from there. You add one every time. Yeah, it will untap everyone's creatures, but like, I think there are very few scenarios nowadays where that is a problem. Like, <laughs> if even Kinnon decks, I'm not afraid of untapping them that much. 
Right. Because like, it's mostly their artifacts that I feel like they're getting a lot of mana from. Like sometimes yeah. they'll have enough creatures and and that's something to look out for. But 90% of the time, it's not really. And and, and so this is the the sad part about this deck is that I think that combo is actually really sick and, and like the cleanest part of the deck. Uh, but they're both enchantments. Yep. Very hard <laughs> and, to tutor them. In Simic, it is impossible. Like, I am playing Muddle the Mixture and uh, Drift of Phantasms in this list, specifically so I can go find these cards, but it is so hard to get them. Yeah. Um, that That is so kind hard. of one of the frustrations of mm-hmm. the deck, but yeah. once you get them, that, oh, that's yeah. also why I think playing as many draw engines are, as you can mm-hmm. are huge, mm-hmm. because... Like once you start drawing cards, it's kind of yeah. hard to stop drawing cards is yeah. kind of the thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I think this is so cool. Like that mm-hmm. combo specifically had me just go like, whoa, you don't even <laughs> need to put a spell on the stack and you just draw right. your deck. Right. Right. Um, and the thing is, is once you get to a certain point too, because you can do this on like people's end steps. Mm-hmm. Um you are able to just go, okay, so I made all of these things. All right, now I'm just going to pump them too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's truly ridiculous. Yeah. You can, you can literally give them just infinite power because yeah. every single time you're doing that, you're creating at least one more body. Yep. Seems pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> infinite, infinite one, one's infinite power is, is uh, probably a good way to win the game. Fun fact. Yes. Uh, big fan of this overall. Um mm-hmm. I definitely this is a deck that I'm going to build and I'm Mm -hmm. going to try to refine because I think there's like something here. It's so for me, it's it's specifically the combination of Unctus plus Mm -hmm. Kumena, Deep Root Pilgrimage. uh, And some of the other like tempo pieces, like all all of those like together make me go, okay, this is definitely doing something other decks aren't doing. Yes. So it's worth at least exploring. Yeah. The thing in, and the other thing too is, is it does Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that is just very powerful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with cards that are like already. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so it's like, you get to use stuff like Gracios or Thassa's Oracle in different ways. Yeah, and I I think it's very very cool, and I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just just a reminder, people, Tishano's Tidebinder is fucking really good in this deck. <laughs> yeah, it's also reasonably okay in most decks, but you know, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We're at forty minutes. We've we've talked uh, a decent bit about these decks, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, I I like them. I can only say it so many times. Um. So yeah, that uh, that's kind of what we thought about Kumena overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have ideas on what you would like to see, uh, be uh, featured on this again, mm-hmm. join our ten dollar tier, and you can suggest stuff. Uh, as well as a vote on what the monthly one for the uh, what a, what's it the the month will be for every every new set that comes out. Uh, so yeah, I, I I know I did a really good job of uh, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the monthly one for the month really sold me. The, the monthly one for the month. 
And now I'm going to give our, our, <laughs> our viewers uh, a migraine, but whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that is cool. What are some uh, things that as far as brewing, we we've done two brew episodes back to back. What are some of the things like as we've brewed that you've kind of taken away from these like last two little bits of things mm-hmm. that we've done? I, I mean, honestly, I, I think there was a period of time there where, you know, I, I've been fluctuating between like uh, sort of like these explosive decks and and these good decks and these high synergy decks and stuff like that. And as a deck builder, it's like, I mean, first of all, doing exercises like this is so good for me. Um, I, I just think as a as a deck builder and as a magic player and as a competitive magic player, I think there was a period of time where we had like intense tournaments, like back to back to back to back to back. And mm-hmm. I would be like, I, I started just playing like these decks that I knew well enough, right? And I stopped like brewing in the space because I didn't have any online tournaments to test out my decks and things like that, right? I didn't really have a lot of time to like play casual pickup games, right? So in that space, I found myself like, you know, leaning towards more conventional wisdom with a lot of these things and not being happy with those choices, right? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, while telling people in coaching to not do that, right? right? And then so now that like doing and exploring these types of archetypes, and like going through and like testing something that just probably won't work and then figuring out, okay, but what actually makes it work? What part, right? and what like, part from that did work? Yes, exactly. And like going through and like doing that and hammering it out and like that stuff leads to results. That stuff leads to interesting decks. It leads to innovation in the format. And it's not easy. Yeah, It's not at all, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Like I, I would much rather spend 10 hours looking at a deck that frustrates me to make something playable out of what some people would assume is a piece of shit, then sit there and just be like, all right, I'll just sleeve up blue farm again and go to this tournament and not have fun the whole time. I mean, although I, I do, but that's not, (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like copy and paste, like something someone else is doing, right? Like that's not why I got into CDH in the first place. And that's not why I'm, I do what I do. Right. So it's nice to just be able to just flex those muscles to be able to do a brewing exercise and to be able to be like, all right, let's, let's see what's, what's here. What what can we mess around with? Yeah, I I really liked it on the axis of both of these weeks. It was stuff that I'm not like well versed in, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Like we were mm-hmm. brewing outside of my comfort zone, which is yeah. blue white, and so uh, there were there's a lot of stuff where I found myself going, "Oh man, I could do this." Oh shit, I don't have white. Um, mm-hmm. And it really made me like need to push my boundaries as far as like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. things you can do. And then I found cards that I was like, hey, I actually just like this card. Like Merfolk yeah. Trickster was one of the cards where I was just like, I just like the card. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like a nice little pleasant surprise of, yeah. hey, this feels pretty OK. Um, yeah. And I like being able to do that. And because I feel like very similarly, I I tend to play a lot of the same control piles kind of repackaged mm-hmm. over and over again. And yeah. so playing something that is or even brewing something that is just wildly different than what I normally yeah. play has been really like refreshing to mm-hmm. just be like, mm-hmm. all right, how, how do I basically build the most functional deck with this commander? Right. Right. And I think that's also why like commanders like this are interesting 
from yeah. like a brewing perspective because mm-hmm. it's a commander that forces you in a direction yeah whereas like you know this is something i wanted to talk about too and we were talking about this because we were kind of talking about this a little bit in our dms yesterday with mm-hmm. it is it is a deck that sends you in a very specific direction right right no matter how many variations we do we're all going to have some amount of similarity mm-hmm. because of the fact that the deck just the way the commander is is just like go in this direction yeah play merfolk yeah, yeah yeah and so i think that's kind of like an interesting way to play like like even arden there's just mm-hmm. so much variety in what you can do with that that mm-hmm. even just saying go play equipment isn't yeah. really like pushing you the same in a direction. Same yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Definitely. So uh as far as stuff that is going on, some of the housekeeping stuff, uh obviously, you know, you you little YouTube gremlins, make sure you uh like and subscribe to this video. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta do that so that we can keep the lights on mm-hmm. and uh you know keep doing this on the weekly basis that we do uh also mm-hmm. if you want to even do more to help that uh go over to the patreon like we've said multiple times yep. and uh that helps us a lot even if you just want to join and do you know just pop in the discord it's very much appreciated uh ian uh tell tell folks about your coaching and where they can find you for coaching yeah hi so my name is ian of the youtube channel comedian mtg uh i also can be found over there at youtube.com slash comedian mtg and i provide cedh coaching so if you want to get coaching from a player with more wins on different decks than any other person for the two years in a row uh you should come come check it out yeah uh and any events that you're going to be at over the next coming weeks so yeah winter is a little weird um because it's not a lot of like platinum level events as far as like the eminence circuit is going but there's a lot of like other stuff right so i think there's uh i guess by the time you're hearing this the weekend that has just passed there was the lotus con and online invitational that i am likely to play Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure depends on the families here for thanksgiving um after that's PAX Unplugged, which is uh, in my backyard, basically. So I'm yeah. definitely going to be seeing people and being social during that weekend. Um, and then there's some online tournaments that are coming up. And then there's uh, another one at the location where they held Festival of Nights, which is like a little bit smaller than that one. Uh, but I think it's still like an Eminence Gold level event in Wilkesboro, which is not that far away from me. It's like 90 minutes. So definitely going to be running out to that one. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a bunch of stuff around there. Nice. Uh, I will be trying to make it out to uh, Columbus uh, mm-hmm. for we're going to be trying to make it out to or no, excuse me, not Columbus, Cincinnati. Um, mm. The first weekend of the new year. Um, and then we're both going to be at Magic on Chicago. Chicago. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that feels like yeah. a millennia. Away it really does. Like, I know it's but, like the next like big magic event, but like that feels like a thousand years from does, now. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to do my due diligence. Plug it. Yeah. And uh, make sure you uh, come head out. You can go get your tickets and all that shit over. Forget what the the, the link is. It's like MTG oh, festivals no or something like that. Sure. Uh, but get that and you can come hang out with Ian and I. Uh, 
I also think we're going to be doing a thing like we did at Vegas where uh, that Lua ran, which is like a come play CEDH with content creators. And it's going to be like uh, last time it was like myself, Lua playing with power, play to win, like a bunch of people who like, you know, pretty, pretty decent sized audiences. Uh, and so I know Cal, I think you've talked a little about for that. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be there. And it's, it's definitely uh, catered towards like getting people into the format. Right. Yeah. But also there was a point like halfway through the day where people were like, yeah, we just want to play with you guys. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> right? like, but we'll be around all weekend, I think. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good time. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So as we are leaving today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to take a moment and just, you know, reflect mm-hmm. on the fact that I'm turning 30 mm. in like not even two weeks. And I don't know that I'm entirely prepared for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so your wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As a younger than me person, <laughs> I like a year for I sure. Like yeah, year, whatever. Um, <laughs> we graduated the same year, though. So, um, you know, what 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 is your advice for turning third? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Um, uh, y- you know, uh, keep on that grind. You keep the keep the keep money up. up. Set. Make that money. Get them hoes. Uh. Sell, get that cash. <laughs> that's that's what the turn thirty is all about. It's uh, eat ass, suck a dick, and sell drugs. Sell drugs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, this has been the Mind Sculptors. I'm Cal. I'm Ian. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. <laughs>